Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Blake Lindsay here saying welcome to Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. I'm certainly glad you're here because I love to share good, encouraging news every single week. Please continue to share with your family, your friends, your colleagues about Zig's free weekly podcast. We are very grateful for all you listeners who have graciously reached out to us just to let us know what a ray of sunshine this is in the midst of so much national negative talk. So welcome, friend. I know you're going to enjoy Mr. Ziggler's message today, and I'll be right back. How do you change that self-image? Well, we brought you to ground zero. Now let's look at some specific steps that we can, uh, can take. And Eleanor Roosevelt said this many years ago, that no one on earth can make you feel inferior without your permission. Nobody. And what you need to do is promise yourself, as you've gone through this entire series with all of the things we've been covering, promise yourself that never again will you permit anybody else to make you feel less about yourself. I cannot say that strongly enough. It is important. I, I love the service little guy whose uh, self-image was pretty intact. Uh, the teacher uh, had required that they uh, tell him in class after the weekend some <laughs> exciting event that took place over the weekend. Well, he called on little Johnny first and said, Johnny, what happened to you this weekend? He said, oh, teacher, it was wonderful. My dad took me fishing and we caught 75 catfish and each one of them weighed 75 pounds. The teacher said, now, Johnny... <laughs> You know that could not possibly be true. He said, oh, yes, it is. Now, Johnny, I know that that cannot be the truth. Why, what would you think of me if I said to you that on the way to school this morning, I was confronted by a 1,000-pound grizzly bear, and he was just about to jump on me and eat me up, and this little bitty dog weighed about three pounds, came up, and he jumped up and grabbed the grizzly bear by the nose, threw it down, and shook him until it killed him. What, now, now, Johnny, what would you think about that? Would you believe it? He said, yes, ma'am, I sure would. He said, as a matter of fact, that is my dog. <laughs> I would say, ladies and gentlemen, that his self-image was okay. How does your image affect your performance? And how does the way you see other people affect their performance? When our daughter Julie was in the fifth grade, the teacher came to us and said, Julie is an average student. She'll make C's primarily. She'll make an occasional B and an occasional D. But don't worry about it. She's very personable. She makes a lot of friends. But don't be too hard on her if she's not a top performer. We never told our little girl she was a C student. The teacher never told our little girl that she was a C student. But as I will share in the next seminar about the fact that you treat people exactly like you see them, I'm certain in a thousand different ways we communicated to Julie, we expect a C performance out of you. Three years ago, after having been out of school for something like 17 years, she went back to school. Her first semester, she carried 16 very tough hours, including two very difficult labs. She made the dean's list. She came within a whisper of a 4.0. Oh. 
I never will forget one night I called over to the house to talk to either her or her husband, Jim Norman, who's the CEO of our company. And I said, let me speak to Julie after we had chatted. And he said, she started laughing. I said, what's you laughing about? He said, Julie's next door teaching Diane the advanced math. Let me tell you why he was laughing about that. Because all of her life, or the first portion of her life, she had had that old refrain 17,000 times. Well, you know, I just can't learn math. 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 And here she was over there teaching advanced math to one of the neighbors. Now, what had happened? Well, she explained it to me. She said, Dad, I discovered that knowledge reveals itself to anyone who diligently pursues it. She said, I had never really mastered the formulas. And she said, when I learned those formulas, hey, math is a snap. It is easy. Now, let's explore for a moment and see, is that an unusual story? How many of you in this audience today, 10 or more years after you got out of your formal education, decided you're going to go back and get more? Education. Can I see your hands, please? Hold them real high, and everybody look around. Look at all of the hands that are up, the numbers of hands. Okay, now, how many of you, when you went back, did better, and in some cases, substantially better than you'd done uh, when you'd been in school the first time? Can I see your hands, please? Now, I can't obviously see every hand, but it seems that virtually every one of them is up again. Let me tell you why you did. You planned to do better. You prepared to do better. You expected to do better, and you went back at your own expense. <laughs> it's called commitment. Let me tell you something else. You had learned over the years that you were a bright, productive person. That picture you had of yourself and your very ambition to go back really said an awful lot about you. When the image changes, the performance absolutely is going to change. In the L.A. Times about three years ago, they ran a substantial article of a study done of people who are enormously successful. And at one stage of their life, they made a deliberate choice to associate with a different crowd. How many of you had a mama or a daddy who ever told uh, you or told uh, somebody else, particularly if a child got in trouble, and the excuse they use is, well, he just got mixed up in the wrong crowd. How many of you have ever heard uh, that particular one? Now, hold him up real high. I bet every one of us, he got mixed up in the wrong crowd, all right? Then apparently you believe that the crowd has something to do with what you do in life, and it affects other people. Well, now, we've got an entirely different crowd today. And the crowd that is influencing people is better known as an income suppressant. Some people refer to it directly as television. Now, think about the crowds you run with when you look at television. Murders, drive-by shootings, violence, rapist, racist, sexist. You see absolutely everything there. And when you associate with those people and when mom and dad sit there and watch it with them, they're tacitly saying it's okay to cuss. It's okay to be violent. 
It's okay to get drunk. It's okay to do this. When you see those things and they actually encourage participation by watching it, that's what I'm talking about. Now, the tragedy is television could be so enormously helpful. They dramatize things and could make it so powerful and beneficial. Watch the people you associate with. Watch what goes in your mind. It affects your thinking. Your thinking affects your performance. Your performance affects that image back. It's a, it's a bouncing off the wall type thing. To improve your image, improve your memory. Now, you know, how many times have you bragged about having a lousy memory? Can I see your hands, please? I mean, you know, I can do this and I can do that. Oh, I remember names, but I forget faces. How many of you have ever said that? Now, if you were listening to me, you did not uh, say that. What you said was, oh, I can remember faces, but I cannot remember names. And when you repeat that over and over and over, it's like my daughter Julie on her mat. It becomes a reality. Let me tell you, and I don't uh, necessarily believe everybody needs to know how to remember 300 people right after they met them, but let me give you a little story. We teach a three-day seminar called Born to Win. People do come from all over the world. Several years ago, we were doing a portion of memory in that uh, seminar. A fellow named Dan Clark and his wife Kelly from Salt Lake City attended. He was the All-American football player, big defensive end, good-looking guy, outstanding speaker. She was the beauty queen, absolutely a gorgeous, wonderfully personable, sweet individual. There's a match. You say, hey, now those two really do go together. We had a hundred people there, and the memory teacher that day was giving out points, two points, if they got the first and last name of every person there. Well, in the test, little test that followed, Kelly was number one. She only missed one out of a possible 200. We give a little awards, and so when Kelly stepped up to receive her award, she broke down and wept. She said, all of my life, I thought I was dumb. And she said, I just learned in the last hour and a half that I'm a very bright person. Now, this has a double point. There are a lot of good memory books and techniques that you can learn. It will improve your image. It gives you an added confidence. But what I'm really talking about is growth. Every time you take a step forward, every time you learn something of value that does have a tendency to improve that picture, you need to keep growing. Terry Bradshaw says, the life of a winner is the result of an unswerving commitment to a never-ending process of self-completion. What can you do today to dramatically improve your performance? Well, one thing you might do is do something to see yourself as a high performer. We think you're a winner, and we want you to know it. If you would like to give us any comments or give us some feedback about our podcast, please go to ZigglerZIGLAR.com. Go right over to the Contact Us button and send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Until we meet up again, I'm Blake Lindsay, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.